Innovate UK KTN, connecting for positive change. Hi, good day all. Thank you for joining us and welcome to episode eight of the Hydro Generally podcast series brought to you by Innovate UK KTN. I'm sure many of you have listened to previous episodes, but if not, then I'm Steph Eldred. So I'm part of the clean energy and infrastructure team at Innovate UK KTN, and I lead on our hydrogen innovation network, along with others such as Deborah, that we'll come on to shortly. It's also worth mentioning, because it's particularly relevant to this topic, that I am currently on a secondment with Innovate UK as innovation lead for hydrogen transport, so relevant to this. Regular listeners, We'll be well used to our introduction now, so we'll try and keep it brief. But for new listeners, this Hydro Generally pro- podcast series is it's the voice of the Hydrogen Innovation Network of Innovate UK KTN. And we're trying to help with challenges to end user hydrogen uptake. To find out more, it's probably best just to go to the uh, Innovate UK KTN website um, where you found this podcast and through the link in the description. Um, and there you'll find previous and um, the next episodes as we record them of this podcast and also you'll be able to sign up to receive regular newsletters, but you'll, you'll get the history there. So moving on to today's topic, we've had seven episodes so far covering production. We've discussed where it could and should be used. We've discussed, I think, maritime, aviation, waste and heat. Um, when you sort of say it all like that, Deborah, it uh, feels like we've covered quite a lot of ground, doesn't it? Um, but today we're back on a transport theme and we're going to talk about hydrogen for combustion. So I mentioned Deborah a couple of times. So Deborah Jones is joining me. Many of you will know and she's hosted some previous episodes. So hi, Deborah. For those of you that don't know you, can you please introduce yourself and then probably go ahead and introduce today's guest? Hi Steph, thanks. Um, hi listeners, uh, I'm Deborah and I'm the Knowledge Transfer Manager for Chemistry here at KTN. So I work with Steph within the Hydrogen Innovation Network, um, mostly in areas where chemistry can play a role in understanding the challenges across hydrogen production, storage, transportation and end users as both a fuel and a feedstock. So with us today, um, as Steph mentioned, we've got Duncan. So hi Duncan, would you be able to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role? Hi, Deborah. Hi, Steph. Thanks very much. So, hi, I'm Duncan. I'm, I work in, uh, in Cummins. Uh, I am the Director of Research and Technology here in the UK. My role is really to support all of our powertrain direction um, in, in the low research space. But really, one of my, my larger roles at the moment is supporting the work we do here on hydrogen engines. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Duncan. Thank you, Deborah. Let's move on to the discussion. Let's talk about uh, hydrogen combustion. So, Duncan, if you don't mind, could you just explain to us a little bit of, of kind of background? So where does using hydrogen for, for combustion come in, really? Where does it fit in? Um, there's obviously other options like like fuel cells. Um, so just set the scene, really, if that's OK. Yeah, yeah that's great. Maybe to start off with, can I just give a quick introduction to Cummins? Because I think it really fits in where the conversation is. Of course um, you can. Yeah. So, so we're a $24 billion revenue global company. We've got 70,000 people across 190 countries worldwide. Here in the UK, we've got 5,500 employees across three or four uh, man- large manufacturing sites. We spend about £70 million in R&D just in the UK alone. 
and we're probably one of the largest UK exporters. And I think the key there is one of the things that's important is we're in the commercial powertrain development space. We're not in passenger car market. We've no interest in getting to that market. And therefore, we have a different set of requirements and responsibilities for our customers. We're, we're into machines that have got more power use, longer uptimes, dirtier environments, and we support sort of a wide range of industries from buses, trucks, excavators, trains, mining vehicles, marine vessels. And if you think about that from a CO2 point of view, it's not an easy to abate industry. Um, if we think about hydrogen engines specifically, it's we shouldn't think of it as a as an us and them or a this and that. It's it's another choice in the varied mix of powertrains that are available to us. Um, that, the three main routes I think you can think about are sort of battery, fuel cell, hydrogen engine, and to a varied amount, we'd expect to see them all in most applications. I think there is no one size fits all. Um, in general, we'll see batteries more suited to sort of low power, low distance, return to base applications, your cars, your vans, your buses. Fuel cells are going to be sort of long range, high efficiency application. Um, and then hydrogen engine for the sort of heavy haul, high power sort of industry. But the reality is when you're in the world of medium and, and heavy duty application in the commercial world, the efficiencies of the fuel cell and, and a really optimised hydrogen internal combustion engine, they're likely to be similar. Um, the fuel cells get less efficient as you go into the high load factors. The engines are, are less efficient at the lower load factors. Um, but in reality, there, there are other questions that come into the mix as well. For example, a, a hydrogen engine powered vehicle is going to be significantly cheaper to purchase in your first price, your first attempt into the market than a fuel cell. It's it's going to have a similar total cost of ownership. So so again, going back commercial vehicle, we don't, it's not all about first price. Very much people are interested in what's it going to cost me over the ownership of this vehicle. And in reality, the two products in hydrogen world, and I'm going to step away from batteries, um, likely to be very, very similar in the long run. But that low cost is probably the interesting one for, for smaller businesses, for smaller industries that are very interested in that initial first cost. Great. So um, we know that Cummings are going to be at the forefront of this you know, development. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your current focus and are there any other projects that you're able to share with our listeners? Yeah, sure. And, and thanks, for, thanks for that. We, we, we feel we're also at the forefront of this, but I think we are one of many companies that are really seeing this as an interesting technology on our route to net zero. I mean, the likes of DAF, MAN, JCB, Bosch, BorgWarner, Marla, FEV, KU, Dolphin N2, the list goes on and on and on of people that are really heavily investing in this technology because there is a view in the industry and in our consumers and our users of this industry that this is a technology that we need to push forward on. Um, our current focus is really on balancing the reliability of our technology and the speed that we can get to market with it. Um, right now, end users, and, and we met many, many of them at the Hanover uh, Transport Show last week, who, who would 
desperate for this technology right now. People want to get involved in the rope to net zero and they want to get involved as quickly as they possibly can. We we could have put orders in for thousands and thousands of engines over the last week or two. But the reality is we won't put something into the market until it's reliable and has passed all of our strict standard work practices. And in reality, that, that takes time. Um, in terms of projects that we can share and we can talk about, we have a really exciting project going on at the moment in Darlington in the northeast of England. Um, it's partially funded by the Advanced Propulsion Centre and it works on 6 to 15 litre heavy duty engines. Um, we're looking at, at the capabilities of low pressure and high pressure direct injection hydrogen internal combustion engines, working with a consortium of partners. Uh, we work with, working with Johnson Matthey, Borg Warner and Zerkatec in that project. And we're really excited to be able to start showing the results of that work, probably in the first half of next year. Great. Cheers for that, Duncan. And I think on both of those two questions, it's we're really aligned at KTN. So, you know, again, we're what we're interested in is what's right for the end user and what's going to help us all on the journey to net zero in 2050. Rather, So, you know, different applications will require different solutions and we're definitely agreed on that. Um, and also what we see and you know most of us have been involved in industry in the past so totally agree that I, i'm i'm very sure that your order book could fill up very quickly as soon as you released uh, release something onto the market because i think i think the end users particularly on the heavy side rely on people like yourselves and all of the others that you've kindly name checked um to you know they have the confidence in people like you that when you bring something to the market it's you know it's fit for purpose and, and ready to go so yeah that's really interesting um one of the um i suppose one of the the debates i was going to say criticisms but one of the debates that is often raised um around combustion is emissions so um a lot of the time in the UK, when we talk about moving to 2050, and so we'll talk about zero emission. And so then a debate arises as to whether hydrogen combustion is, or more importantly, probably can ever be true zero emission. Um, yeah, just wondered what your what your thoughts are on that and, and whether you think we, we can get there. Yeah, it's a really good one because we I talked about our primary focus being reliability and speed to market. Our secondary focus has had to be education and education of our global leaders and our, and our consumers and our OEMs about this technology. As, as you mentioned, often a concern from people is, is NOx emissions from the internal combustion engine. And this really is unavoidable due to nitrogen in the air. We've got nitrogen in the air, we're burning it. We will create NOx as part of this technology. Um, but to be clear, none, none of these zero emissions vehicles are, are emissions free. Um, if, we, if I wanted to pick on batteries, excess weight leading to increased PM from the tyres is, is a big one that we can pick on. But the reality is we are heading towards as low emissions as we possibly can. Um, the level of nitrogen and NOx is perhaps not as understood as well as we'd like. NOx is not a greenhouse gas. Um, the issues with NOx are fairly well understood. It creates smog in our city areas if it's not under control, and it starts to affect lungs of, of, of people. Of people, yes, of people. 
Um, the levels of NOx that we see, even from our Euro 6 diesel engines right now, in some studies are showing that we are cleaning the country's air. Moving all of the commercial vehicle trucks to just Euro 6 will make a significant difference to the air quality in our cities. And therefore, moving further into hydrogen-powered ICE engines will further increase the, the speed of which we can uh, support that. Um, in our testing, we're seeing extremely low engine-out knocks from our hydrogen engines. And it's due to us running an extremely lean combustion system. So what I mean by that is an extremely large amount of air. Coupled that with the modern catalyst systems that we even use on our diesel engines, we expect the long-haul NOx emissions of these vehicles to be in the single-digit parts per million output. And I think this is where we have to start asking ourselves the sensible questions. The key question for me is, do we want to miss out on the speed to market of zero CO2 technology due to what the, the parts per million knocks that they could give out. We can get as a stepping stone to hydrogen fuel cell and battery commercial vehicle use in the long run, but we can get there with hydrogen engines in very, very large quantities in the next five to seven years. The NOx emissions from these engines will have zero impact to health or the environment. And really it will enable our customers to hit net zero targets much earlier than other technologies. Yeah, that's really interesting, Duncan. And from a, a personal point of view and from previous uh, organizations I've worked for, I have a similar view. So I guess um, if, you know, to be fair to the drive to total zero emissions, I guess if it's a, a vehicle or an engine that's, you know, going to sit outside a school with the engine running then we can all probably agree that yeah we want to we want to try and get that to zero it's the right thing to do but when we're talking about heavy machinery um 300 ton dumpers excavators quarries dockside e cranes even, and what have you even yeah. if we're talking about 44 ton trucks that are driving up the m1 or up the a1 that the, the level of NOx, as I say, is in parts per million numbers. We're yeah, not sure. talking about the effects of a of a heavy diesel, Euro 3 diesel sat outside a, a school idling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that's the point. I think what we're both saying is that it's if if we can move quickly with combustion technology, you know, if we can get heavy, you know, 44 tonne onwards, if we can get heavy kit to you know, parts per million levels very quickly with combustion, then it clearly has to be a great step forwards rather than um, holding out for um, our, our zero emission. So I guess with with that in mind and with, with expecting that we can move fairly quickly, you know, do you have a kind of, is there a kind of roadmap in mind for trials and when it might make it to commercial operation? Yeah, as, as mentioned before, we don't want to rush this. But I think what you'll see is trials of Cummins technology uh, across various countries of the world in the 2024-2025 timeframe. And you'll see us launch this as a global platform in 2027. And in reality, at that stage, it'll be up to the infrastructure to keep up. 
So what what data do you think we will need to collect um, to show how efficient this is over different duty cycles? I mean, obviously, we know that with passenger cars and um, all of the different um, cycles that you have to go through for a conventional engine, um, you know, will these be equivalent? Will they will we need to introduce new um, new cycles? And how, how do you think that this will compare to a fuel cell? over those same cycles to be clear we we, we come in see hydrogen engines as complementary to to fuel cells i don't as i say i don't really want to talk about a differing set of duty cycles a different set of technologies i think they're complementary and probably a bridge potentially a bridge and a catalyst to this technology um we just as i said we see we can see this going to market in larger numbers using sort of existing skills in the supply chain and what we've got here in the UK. At the end of the day, the commercial vehicle sectors are hard enough to track. I mean, there are many things that we're going to look at during our trials. We'll, of course, be monitoring sort of efficiency and power of the engine, along with the emissions, the drivability. We want this technology to be as easy to transfer for our customers as possible. There should be no feeling for our customers that this is alien um, to them. And so so when we're talking about how we're going to do these trials, it, it's, it's not really about different duty cycles or different ways of working or different, different, frankly. We need our customers to be able to go straight into this technology with no range anxiety, no fueling concerns, no worrisome niggles that you might not get to the end of your mission and your day's job because the reality is that our, our customers aren't driving their vehicles for sort of five percent of the day and then leaving it in the car park or the driveway for the rest of the time this is their livelihoods they need a hundred percent uptime for somewhere between 8 16 sometimes 24 hours of operation per day without it failing without it going wrong and without worrying they're going to run out of fuel somewhere so that's really what we see the trial being. And it's not just a trial on our engines because we have absolute confidence on the engines and the technology. It's a trial of how we can convince and how we can ensure that our customers want to move to this technology and want to move to zero emissions technologies in general as quickly as possible. Great. Cheers, Duncan. Yeah, so it's it's very much a, I guess, a partnership really with those end users and your your customers. There's obviously we won't get into it now, but there's the the infrastructure and refueling side as well for them to be able to maintain. Just thinking in terms of you know maintain those those up cycles that you talked about. Obviously, they need to make sure that they they can do that as well. Um, I it always surprises me once we get talking about these topics how quickly quickly time goes on. We um, our listeners will know that we do try and keep these fairly fairly tight to time so tight to our 20 minutes or so so that people can um, listen and then get on with their days so thank thank you so much Duncan for coming along thanks for uh, co-hosting Deborah um, been great topic I know that lots of our listeners will have you know thoughts and opinions on this as it develops so you know we may may well pick up this theme again uh, but yeah thanks for sharing your knowledge uh, with our listeners um, Deborah, over to you. Yeah, thanks again, Duncan. Um, thanks to all, everyone who's listened. Um, all the links that we've mentioned um, and a direct link to the Innovate UK KTN website will be added to the description of the podcast. Um, and as always, don't forget to sign up to receive our newsletters and updates. 
Um, thanks again for following us and goodbye. See you next time. Yeah, goodbye. Thanks. Innovate UK KTN. Connecting for positive change.